podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Happy Friday. Well, hey, it's Friday again. It seems to roll around. You know, after seven days, it comes back again. That's a good thing. Yes, I know. We could use more Fridays in the world. Truly, truly. (laughs) And with that statement, should I say, how was your week? Uh, It's been been a really insane week. Um, In great ways, you know. I don't want to make it sound whiny, but it's it's just been a lot. My daughter started softball and... um, you know, because she is 15 and doesn't drive, her commitment is my commitment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that one. She's while never back. played before, though, mm-hmm. and she's doing really well. So it's pretty fun to see her get involved and do a team sport and be good at something mm-hmm. and be enjoying it. And you know, her first game was today, and I missed it because mm-hmm. I am busy. On Fridays, so but there'll be other games. So that that has added to my schedule. We started another uh, round of the Elements of Magic class uh-huh. in Sebastopol on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Uh, so for the next six weeks, I'll be teaching Tuesday nights. And today we went, funnily enough, to the gem fair, but not locally. I no. gather no. So. Uh, stone sales have been doing really well at the shop and people are very excited that we're carrying stones and we have lots of wonderful, beautiful things and therefore we need more. Uh-huh. And I like going to the gem fairs because it's fun and I get to meet the people who actually are like getting the stones from uh-huh. the sources, uh-huh. right? Um, but they only are in our area every two to four months. Uh-huh. And uh, I thought there was one this month, but there isn't one until next month. So we had to drive about an hour and a half. Not too bad. No, not really. To go to this gem show. So I spent my morning <laughs> being a rock hound, which uh-huh. was perfect because tonight we're talking about stones. And that is true. Right? It's what all worked out. And then immediately after our show tonight, I have to rush back to the shop because we're having an event for a local artist 
who just put out a book of her photography. Her name is Tree Girl. They're beautiful, beautiful oh photos. Gosh. You, wait till you, did you see them in the shop today? No. You went to the shop today? No, I went in, but I ran and ran out. Oh, yeah. So, so we have some huge blown-up canvas prints of her artwork, but she takes photos of, of women nude in trees all over the world. Wow. And they are amazing and beautiful and vibrant mm-hmm. and so we're we're doing a showing of her art tonight, and she's going to do a reading from her new book. But she has a whole chapter called "The Goddess and the Green Man." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's bringing uh, Douglas fir tips to make hot tea with, and oh, wow, she yeah, acorn mush cookies, and yeah, I, I heard something about this last week when I was working at the store in um, on Saturday, and about the kinds of foods that she brings and the things that are are very appropriate to what she actually talks about. Yeah, and she's so fun. She's Mm -hmm. just got a really um, vibrant, bubbly, interesting personality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm just looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. And so it's just, it's one of those days. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How about you, Mama? Well, it's been a week. It's really tried my patience and tried my strength and actually it feels like it's harkened back to a death cycle that I had to go through to get to where I'm at so that's hard and it's very hard and um but you know like everything else uh, I didn't die I'm not dying Mm -hmm. thank goodness knock on wood you know I have a wood table I just knocked on so but it's been rather intense yeah and uh, so stones are good because they harken back to my childhood. Yeah. And, you know, out walking and dragging home rocks that my parents, of course, made me have to carry on my own because, you know, <laughs> if you're going to want them, you carry them. Yeah. That just sounds like a familiar rule. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get to it. All right. All right. Stones. Well, you had some fascinating historical information. Well, I actually looked at what's the difference between stones, gemstones, and rocks. Yeah. And, you know, if there was any. And in finding that information, uh, obviously stones are just this more generic point of reference to semi-precious and precious stones and things like that. But the gemstones was what fascinated me because back during the ancient times, uh, there was a lot of beautiful stones and gemstones that they carved and did beautiful things in, and they were very uh, precious. Uh, and even in a monetary value within the culture they were, they were in. But when the uh, Christian church decided that they were going to start making themselves more and more um, powerful. They had a council, and I apologize, it's Leo Dica in 355 A.D. They said that stones and gemstones specifically, the beautiful carved ones, were evil, sinful, and venomous. 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 Watch out for those rocks. Yeah. Venomous. They're venomous. So they basically, you know, destroyed the... They didn't necessarily destroy the stones as they found them, the, the gemstones, but it became a sin to have it. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the art of gem cutting and engraving became forgotten during the Middle Ages when all of this was taking major effect. And prior to that, you had the Gnostic and Antiquities time, and of course they did beautiful carvings. But um, then suddenly, guess what? The church realized <laughs> 
and recognized that these beautiful jewels mm-hmm. had monetary value. What do you know? I guess they probably weren't demonic anymore. No, nope, they changed their, their <laughs> viewpoint on that. And so they became treasures, and they were sought after. And But the church had to have them. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So with that, and you, if you had them, they had to have three masses said over them and a benediction to make them okay. Mm. Yeah, so you see there was that kind of a process. And as we now know, down the road, jewelry and jewels and gemstones have all become part of our, you know, our way of life. And yeah. it represents sometimes status, sometimes fashion. But jewelers sort of took over from the church, and they decided that certain stones should be for certain zodiac signs mm-hmm. in certain months. And so those stones that were semi-precious, precious stones mm-hmm. were then made into jewelry so they could sell them. So further commoditizing exactly. things that come from the earth and exactly. are naturally occurring. And so as we now see that, you know, what's become jewels are symbolic of spiritual truth and power. And so those particular <laughs> things were sought after for knowledge and they were put on uh, clothes and, you know, the, the concepts of finding them in caves and, you know, going into and, and coming out with knowledge, it was, it became, it had symbology. Mm-hmm. So it was both monetary and symbolic for right. gemstones. Right. And then you go to stones. And stones just have this wonderful kind of like down-home feel, <laughs> at least to me. This is just a rock. It's a rock. It's just a rock. And, you know, rocks are just that. I mean, the rocks that I go out and I as a kid yeah. find, um, those are rocks. Right. But... In those rocks, there are some that we then start to see the specifics, and those become right. the stones, and then they become defined in terms of the names. And then right. as we have gotten more into the spiritual and the healing capacities that in ancient times were also known, mm-hmm. then they go ahead and they add that, and then you get basically these wonderful tools that we are using now right. for all kinds of meditation and healing and, you know, protection. And I'm going to turn it over to you now. Oh, okay. Yay. I had a um, customer come into the shop a couple of days ago, actually, and she said that she was asking, uh, there is, so there's my little shop on Main Street, Milk and Honey, and then across the street there's another shop where they sell these huge amazing thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars of stones. And they're like, they have a um, an amethyst cauldron. Mm-hmm. It's enormous. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't put my arms around it. It's mm-hmm. so big. And the top's been cut off, and it has a hinge on it. So yes. it's literally a cauldron, right? And it's right. like a $20,000 piece. Oh, my God. It's gorgeous. Yes, it is. I've seen it. So, the, uh, but, so they do a lot of big pieces like that across the street. We're not in the same caliber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and blessed be to that. Yes. Yeah, so I can, you can get a dollar amethyst over at Milk and Honey, or you can go get the $20,000 amethyst <laughs> across the street. Uh, but this customer came in, and she had been talking to the folks across the street, and they are very, they're rock hounds, but they are geologists. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily look at the spiritual, vibrational mm-hmm. energetics. Mm-hmm. They're they're interested in the mineral compound, right? Which is just as interesting, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But this customer said, "Well, I was asking the the person across the street about, you know, why do why do stones work?" And she said, "It's just a placebo," and that makes me really sad. Yes. And then I said, "Well, sure." 
on some level, it could just be a placebo, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever. If it works, who cares why it works? Mm -hmm. But my opinion, Mm -hmm. my uh, very unscientific woo, witchy (laughs) opinion, is we've talked about this before, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Everything on this planet vibrates, and it vibrates at its own specific, special little level, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if I have a crystal, a quartz crystal, or an amethyst, or a piece of malachite, or a piece of tektite, or whatever, those stones vibrate slightly differently. Mm-hmm. So if I need specific healing, if I'm dealing with a wound of my heart, mm-hmm. I, I need to bring that level of vibration up mm-hmm. a little bit so mm-hmm. that that healing can happen. And if a rose quartz vibrates at a heart chakra frequency Mm -hmm. and I hold that rose quartz to my body, it's going to help my body. It's a law of familiars. It's a Mm -hmm. real law in science. Mm -hmm. I'm not making this shit up. Mm -hmm. But the things that vibrate will start to match each other's vibration. And most often they match at a higher pitch, Mm -hmm. right? So why wouldn't stones work that way? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know this scientifically, but it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I, the customer left feeling a little bit better, which is really all I, I was worried about. But but this is real. It's legit. It works. Mm-hmm. And whether you believe in any of this vibrational stuff or not, whether mm-hmm. you believe that stones have healing powers or not, placebos do work. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> if you believe something is going to work, then it, it has a higher chance of being effective. Right. So, you know, your mileage may vary on what you think about using stones for medicine or stones for healing or stones for magic. Mm-hmm. But we're witches, right? So we're already talking about looking at the world differently. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and that is, you know, the part of what the ancients saw. Yeah. Is they saw the world differently. Right. And with the concepts that stones and rocks mm-hmm. had life. Right. And that life became part of their spiritual belief system. Right. So they honored them. They were representations. They were grandmothers and yes. grandfathers. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have another story. For oh, you. good, good. Okay. I didn't even know this was going to come up. So I may have mentioned on the show before, my ex-husband's a Native American. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we were together, I was um, permitted to attend a lot of ceremony. Mm-hmm. I was considered honorary by mm-hmm. his family. Mm-hmm. So I was privy to a lot of things that most white folks just aren't. And I am so super grateful and appreciative of those opportunities when I had them, right? They were transformative experiences for me. Mm-hmm. Once... <laughs> Me and my my ex husband and my former mother in law were out shopping and we went to a little occult shop mm-hmm. and they had a beautiful window display, you know, with lots of witchy things, cauldrons, little fairy things. Mm-hmm. And they had this huge lava stone in the window on display. Mm-hmm. And my mother in law just about had a cow right there in the store. She was like so in, in their tradition, they use lava stones in the sweat lodge. Uh-huh. They are called grandfathers, and they have spirit in them. Uh-huh. They are alive. They are our grandfathers, and they have to be sweat. Uh-huh. This, is, this is what I was taught. They have to be taken into the lodge. They have to be heated. They have to be sweat. That is their purpose uh-huh. because they have lessons to teach us, and the only way we can receive their wisdom is through the sweat. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, however, you can't buy the lava stones. Because that would be making a commodity of the grandfather. Right. So my mother-in-law is explaining all of this to the shop owner. And this was a very lovely, new age, 
older white lady, and she was trying very hard to be helpful, and, you know, she was like, well, I, I could sell it to you, and my mother-in-law was like, no, you don't understand. This is a, this is a living being. You can't sell a living mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. She was getting very passionate. Finally, the woman, and this took a while, finally the woman said, you know what? I can tell that this is super important to you here, and gave it to her. Oh, my goodness. And then we ended up sweating with that stone mm-hmm. the next weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I will never... Because I was part of me was like, yeah, give us the grandfather, and part of me was like mortified, like, oh, geez, because <laughs> you can buy lava stones at any quarry, yeah. yeah, especially where we live, because there were our ancient volcanoes around exactly. Us. But yeah, so no jokes. Mm-hmm. For certain traditions, stones are they have spirit and they have to be treated with a certain level of respect. Exactly. The Hawaiians have the same same process. About. Do they sweat with rock? Um, I don't know if they do the sweats, but I know that they have, you know, when they build their temples, and the temples are platforms. They, they, they do the stone platform, and then, of course, the um, bamboo, the, 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 the uh, building is natural elements, ah. and it will deteriorate if, you know, of course, it's not kept up. And uh, when I got married to my last husband, we got married in a sacred temple that the kahuna that I trained with had rebuilt and had worked with re-sanctifying it. And, you know, but they're stones, and they were very, very specific about the way they go and how they are placed. And, they, you know, it's talking to them and carrying them to it, and there's a whole process. And it was very interesting that that was part of, what I got to experience in a, a very profound way, but I also understood the relevance yeah. of the honor to these, these stones, these Absolutely. rocks. I had, I had some, what I can only describe as psychedelic experiences in the sweat lodge. And you know, it's pitch black in there, and the only thing you can see is the dim glow that's coming from these stones that are uh-huh. so hot they will burn you if you touch uh-huh. them, uh-huh. you know, that have been sitting in a fire all day. Right. It's they are alive. Uh-huh. I've, I heard them singing. Uh-huh. heard them speaking uh-huh. to me. I saw faces, uh-huh. all kinds of things. And, I, you know, yes, we're witchy. Yes, we're, we, we are on a fringe of uh-huh. what the average American might, we, we would be considered weird. Uh-huh. I get that. Uh-huh. But I don't tend to do, to, I don't see things very often. <laughs> I don't hear voices very often. Right. So when something does come through, I am I pay attention. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. There, yeah, there there is something. There is there is spirit in, in the earth. There is, and the relevancy of that is that um, it wasn't stone, but we have a bird feeder at Lucky Mojo that they hang out. And there was this little finch that was coming and trying to feed, but I kept having to come by to go to the church. And so at one point I turned around, and you could tell this bird was very annoyed at me, and I was disturbing, and he fluttered off, and I and, and then when I came back around again, I found him again, and he kind of stayed a little longer, and you could see it was like, do you mind? And so I said, I really apologize, and, and I will not walk this way for a while. And one of my coworkers said, who are you talking to? And I looked at her, and I said, the bird? Duh. <laughs> but it was, it was so obvious there was this communication, and I was like, okay, well, I am part of the fringe. <laughs> That's right. So with that, I guess we can also talk about 
what stones in ancient times, what they meant to people. Um, For instance, and to this day, um, we have Mecca, that that particular stone, which is actually a meteorite, a black meteorite, that fell from the sky, and it's basically, and I apologize, Kaaba is the name of it. And that is worshipped. It is considered alive. It is the it is the stone, the center of their whole spiritual world. Right, and that's just one of the more prominent ones. Now we had ones that were the Umphalus, right, which was in the Greek the navel. That yeah. was the navel of the earth, right, and it was worshipped, right. And, and there is a stone by that same name, which you said Umphalus, and I've been saying um. Hollis. I don't know how it's actually. <laughs> uh, but there is a stone in Glastonbury. Yeah, that is the same. Mm-hmm. It is the same principle. It is mm-hmm. the navel. It's the, the navel of the tour of the tour. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know that takes you to Leah Fall, mm-hmm. which is the stone that cries out when the rightful king or queen sits on the throne. Right. And of course, they have another one. They call it the stone of scone for the English. Mm. And I think, you know, I know that the English stole the one from Ireland, but again, we can go into that another time. Yeah. But the idea being is, is that that, is the, that stone had aliveness. It right. was the one that anchored the king or queenship. Right, right. And they worshipped it as that. They, they, you know, things. And, of course, what do we have? The philosopher's stone? Mm-hmm which is an alchemical reference point, but it is the balance of the male and the female together, unity. Right. Stone circles. Yes. Stonehenge, Kalanese. Which we still don't understand. Of course. Yeah. I mean, when I got to, I mean, I literally made my husband walk the entire Avebury stone circle. Nice. These huge, huge stones. And, of course, they're not all there because yeah. many of them have been broken and yeah. whatever. Yeah. But it's a, it is massive. It is massive. The whole town sits inside, inside of it. Yeah. And I was just, I was like, whoa. Yeah. So we were walking all the way around. And, I mean, it was like leading and touching. And, and, and it was like I felt so like I am home. Thank you. This yeah. is where I belong. And um, Stonehenge, you couldn't get too close to. Yeah. Um, but you can you if you pay more in advance. Really? Yeah. Oh well. See, we for didn't. Forty-five pound. Oh wow. Go inside the stone circle for an hour. So the wow. next time I go to the UK, that's on my bucket. There you go. I did um, Kalanish. Kalanish is on the island of uh, Harrison Lewis, and. We walked it. We sat with the center stone and meditated. It was some one of those astrological alignments mm-hmm. that was going to happen with, like, mucho trines and, and stellar things, and we deliberately planned this. This yeah. is what we were going to do. It was part of our delayed honeymoon. And I was just, I was like going, <laughs> because to me, these were, these were alive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most of us, we don't have those kinds of things right. uh, in, in this country. In this country. Um, they did have some down in, um, I believe, like, 
Missouri, they have large right. mounds that serpent were part mounds. of the, the serpent mounds, and so yeah. they did still have yeah, absolutely the the way they did honor. Unfortunately, we as Americans don't honor the the ancient history of the land we live on. We just bowl it over and build That's shit true. on top of it. So there, no doubt, there is more that we could have mm-hmm. seen or connected or or still be having access mm-hmm. to that the, the Native Americans built and created and used as places of right. worship or religious or what have you, but because we, we, just, don't, we don't value that in this country. And in Europe, if they find a piece of cracked pottery when they're building something, everything comes to a halt. Nothing else continues until they finish figuring out what that thing is right. and if it has historical significance mm-hmm. because they care about the history of the land that they live on. Because they've lived on it a long time. Right. Our culture started by running away from one place to another and not caring where we were well, at. You know, if, if you move into a new house, you don't care about what the people were doing there before right. you. So, you know, whatever, rip that gazebo out, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Right. But um, I'm going to digress. <laughs> <laughs> Why we always do that, I we know. come up with different things. You can get me on a soapbox really easy. Oh, I love it. But I will tell you the thing that I did find out in yeah. some of the history of what stones meant to the ancients yeah. was about the fact that on the ark there was two, there were, and it's part of the, the written tradition, there were two stone slabs. One mm-hmm. represented the goddess and one represented the god. Interesting. And I thought that was fascinating, yeah. along with the fact that the Greek flood myth mm-hmm. had um, Deucalanian, or I got Pelasa, and, and his wife mm. were taught by the goddess mother yeah. to raise the children they needed from the stones. Mm. So technically, we come from stones. Neat. Yeah, I think that's kind of nice. Yeah. So I read somewhere in my research that um, the ancient system mm-hmm. was of working with stones for healing purposes mm-hmm. was based on the principles of similarities relating to color. Yes. Right. So if you needed, uh, if it, if the healing system believed that yellow was good for uh, having the right bile and mm-hmm. you know, that whole mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. then you would use a yellow stone. You would wear it or um, hold it to your body where mm-hmm. you were feeling the, the malady, mm-hmm. and that color would help to shift what Ooh. was going on with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that's how we look at stones now. I'm actually not sure. Well, you know, here's the thing. We use colors. Yeah. And our colors, again, the systems for colors are as varied as the cultures and, you know, that process. But we've begun in our newer version of this process mm-hmm. um, to follow colors and stones and the chakras, right. the energy platforms of the body um, in terms of healing, which we will get to probably after the break. Yeah. But uh, it's basically... Uh, used from that point of reference, and I think that in terms of where they wound up going is some of the things that they did was like kidney stones. Right. They talked about the evil vapors follow, you know, calcifying. Right. So there was a certain part of that that kind of went a little overboard. Right. Well, and that is the one stone that the human body makes. 
mm-hmm. that you can actually get access to without surgery, right? Right. The ancient peoples may not have known about gallstones because you can't get those out without chopping into your body. Right. But they would have known about kidney stones because you pee them out. Right. Exactly. How interesting. Yeah. So there is a connection. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of that, I thought, you know, there's a lot. I mean, for instance, uh, Venus's hair is basically for love, mm-hmm. and it's a stone that's basically mutilated quartz. Oh, right. You know, and I thought, well, that's interesting. Right. And white stones in Ireland specifically, but they were considered any white stone yeah. was good for helping lactating mother. Right. And in, uh, across the Celtic world, mm-hmm. if you found a holy stone, right, mm-hmm. a H-O-L, E Y. Uh-huh. It could be. They were often at the beach because, right? You know, the ocean breaking uh-huh. them apart. Uh-huh. But any type of stone you would find with a hole in the middle of it, if you peered through that hole, you uh-huh. could see into the other realm. Exactly. You could see into fairy or what have you. So those are considered magical objects. It was uh-huh. either very lucky to have one, or you were a witch and just be careful because they were going to come looking for you. Exactly. <laughs> Ta-da! They usually have that. Depending on what year we're talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and of course we have the pillars which represent the masculine energy and, you know, there's there's the caves that represent the feminine energy. Right. So we have a lot of things about stones and stone formations and things like that. And I know the Scots... Um, the bones of the ancestors yep. are the rocks and right. the mountains. Right. And they right. talk about that. And right. it's like I went, wow. Norse tradition, the way the world is created is a, a, a giant is chopped into pieces and thrown about. And that's how mm-hmm. it's the bones of this giant, mm-hmm. which is a similar same story. And even Stonehenge, those are called the giants. The exactly. Exactly. And what's fascinating to me about Stonehenge, you know, besides the fact that we don't know what the hell they were doing there, but mm-hmm. those stones are actually Priscilla blue stones, which come from Wales, mm-hmm. hundreds of miles away. Right. So they had to cut these huge slabs mm-hmm. out of the mountainside mm-hmm. and drag them across <laughs> the landscape using very, very primitive means. Right. To get them to where the plains of uh, Salisbury, Salisbury, yeah, where they put then had to lift them up. It's like it's like how did they do this? Yes, yeah. amazing. And I clearly, know. something about that stone, right, was important. Right, needed to be used because right. they could have used other things that were floating around that they could yeah. find. So fascinating. But, yes. So at this point. Um, yeah, we have a few more minutes. We have a few more minutes. So I will, you know, one of the things I found really interesting is they started talking about these different kinds of stones, what they are fossils. Like, you know, the, the thunderbolts basically are um, belamite, and they're basically internal guards of fossils. They're the internal parts of a fossil. Weird. And they're, you know, but they, they have this, this belonging to the to the little people, as they call them. Oh, is that like ammonites, too? These mm-hmm. Exactly, the ammonites. And then um, Kit Kat stones are conical black stones that possess healing powers, and they look basically like a cone. Yeah. And so they're, but they're, again, they're a, a, more of a fossil. Right. And that's yeah. the same with amber, which mm-hmm. isn't a stone, but we treat it like a stone, right? It's, right. It's 
WhatsApp. It's resin mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. hardened. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen any of the Jurassic Park movies, you know that that's how they made dinosaurs. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, and be careful of those. Uh, yeah, watch out for dinosaurs. Not They're dangerous. Yeah. So they, there were, you know, different ones, shepherd's crowns, screw stones, star stones. You know, all of these are fossils, but they were all part of different aspects of finding them and using them mm-hmm. in a, a spiritual way and mostly for healing, believe it or not. Yeah, that's true. A lot of what I was finding in my research, it connects stones to healing. And really, from a pagan perspective, from our modern witchiness, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. mostly what we're using stones for, right? Exactly. We use them for helping bring us back into balance, helping us be grounded, helping us heal from something mm-hmm. or another. Mm-hmm. And then drawing things to us. Yeah. 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 Or keeping us protected. There you go. Right? So, yeah. Pull or push. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> It's all again. It's all energy and vibration. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but you know, so that was very interesting about that, and the holy stones, of course, um, are fascinating. I mean, actually, on the uh, stone altar that I made, I did a grid, a spiral grid with uh, Boji stones, yin yang, and the female slab for bringing love to you and a passion and a balance. But then I also have a holy stone that I found that I chose to just sort of sit in the middle of just there. And yeah. then I did a grid for, um, which is the seed of life, for drawing money. So it's basically set up, and we'll talk about grids yeah. later. But yeah. um, I was fascinated because when I went looking, I found all these different things that I have had. And mm-hmm. some of them I knew, and then I had an expert in helping me find out what they really were if right. I wasn't totally sure because I had an on-premises, on-site stone expert. Nice. So, but... Um, yeah, one of the, I wanted to mention a lot of the, the books out there that you find about stones, you find a lot of conflicting information. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. it, you know, it is a good idea if you are looking to start using more stones in your magic or using stones for any purpose to do research and, and cross-reference, check more than one source. Mm-hmm. Um, the Love is in the Earth is a really great resource. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. highly recommended by most people who are into stones. And the other one that I really like that's easy to use and it's small, because it, it, you could, you know, knock someone out with Love is in the Earth. Oh, I know that And there's one. a couple of appendix, appendixes for it now, too. This is yes. Uh, but the Crystal Bible is also a really good one. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my copy is very worn and, and well-loved. Well-loved. Well, I think we're, how close are we to our break? I think it's just about time. Just about time. Take so. a quick break and we'll be back. We'll be back. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned, as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Ruler Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candela Camusa and Michael Carell, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, 
In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. Bitter Foxy with Madame Naya and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday 6 to 7.30. The Wish the Priestess in the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Friday 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Western, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So that was really quick. And we're back. And we're back. Yes. So uh, when we return from our break is when I feel the most like I'm on the, like I'm a radio announcer. <laughs> and we're back. Thought we were just listening to the hits here on 97.3 radio, blah, I know. blah, blah. I know. It's anyway. really... It's funny because you're talking about books. I went back and I kid you not. I started looking at all my crystal books. Now, the ones you gave are, again, everything has gone up in in research and mm-hmm. ways of describing things and um, different aspects that have shifted. The simple ones that, you know, crystal power. Yeah. And some of these that I just started looking at and I realized, oh, my goodness, how many books that I have, because, of course, at one time I had a store yeah. and acquired a lot, but I've been collecting. Yeah. And how many of them, you know, I look at them and I go, Boy, we've gone beyond that, or yeah. this is really neat. I forgot yeah. how neat it was. Yeah. So that's funny. It's the same experience. Like, um, I'm gonna search on this one topic, and you pull up something on Wikipedia, and it gives you all this information, and then you go to the next website down, and it's basically the exact wording from Wikipedia. Exactly. Like, okay, exactly. how many websites? have just copied Wikipedia. Right, right. And it's funny because I will, when we research, I will go on the web. Oh, yeah. I will, you know, peruse and look. And depending on what it is, it has either high value mm-hmm. or, like what you're finding, cut and paste kind yeah. of things. The same same regurgitation. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. So healing and, well, what? let's go to how to get a stone. Oh, okay. I how to get a how stone. to get a stone? Go outside, pick one up. No, well, well that's true. I mean, I suppose if we want to get really um, step by step here, mm-hmm. the first there's two different ways you could look at it. The first way is do your research. Like, what is it you're looking for? What what do you want to use some stone medicine for? Do some research and then go out and find that stone by going mm-hmm. to a rock shop or searching on the internet or what have mm-hmm. you, go to a gem fair. Right. Or you can do that the reverse way and go to a gem fair or a rock shop because you would need to do this in person. You couldn't do this online. And start picking things up yep. and see what you're drawn to mm-hmm. and pick things up. Uh, and then you have to decide after you've picked something up, is this what I'm looking for? And there's lots of ways that, I've heard this described, but you know, you can ask the stone, are we are we meant? Are are you mine? Are, are we gonna do this? You know, and mm-hmm. see what kind of feeling you get. Right. If you get a, a yes or a no feeling. And maybe it's uh yes it's this stone, but no it's not this specific rock. Mm-hmm. So pick up another one from the bowl or the mm-hmm. tray or the display, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, this can take some time. Mm-hmm. You can also do muscle testing, which is kind of hard to describe without the, being able to the visual. Me. But basically you put you hold it in your hand and then you push down and if you get resistance then it's not for you. If you are able to easily push down on your hand mm-hmm. but holding it then it is for you, mm-hmm. right? So um 
you can also use a pendulum to divide dows mm-hmm. yes or no is are we are we going to hang out right or no right mm-hmm. um but it, i just personally i like the simplicity of just like holding it and saying does this feel right to me yes or no mm-hmm. but i'm also a taurus and very earthy so it's easier for me to have mm-hmm. conversations with stones than for other folks I think. but i think what you'll find and i've been in when i had my store i've been around all the stores where I ever, now when i'm at milk and honey i watch people yeah. and they just they kind of wander and then they keep going back to one or yeah. they start playing with with one little bowl and and then they'll start having little piles that they walk around with because they've been talking they didn't necessarily have a conscious knowledge right that they were looking for this, that used it for this, that did it yeah. for that. What I think is the coolest, and I this happens every day, and it happens to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get a new ring in the store or a, a, a new thing of stones that I've not carried before, and I just love it. Like with a specific stone ring, we got this this Udeolite mm-hmm. stone, and I just loved it. And I couldn't stop wearing the ring. I would wear it every time I came into the store. And then I decided, maybe I should look up the properties of this stone. And it was exactly what I needed at mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. And that happens for people every day. They're like, oh, I came in for rose quartz, but I picked up this tectite. Can you tell me what it is? Mm-hmm. And then we start researching together, and their minds are blown. Right. Because that was exactly what they needed, and their spirit drew them to it. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. stone looks going, yeah. yeah, wink, wink. Exactly. So... So picking stones up as very, that's one of the reasons why I love online. If you're looking for specific things you really want and you know it. But when it comes to the other side, Mm -hmm. I find I need to be with the stones. You've got to touch them. You've got to touch them. them. You've got to touch them. And and even be wary even online because the the stone trade is a huge business. It is. And I have unfortunately discovered the hard way that you will you can buy something even face to face with someone and they'll tell you, Oh no, this is natural lapis. I promise. This happened to me. <laughs> and then you bring it home and you wear it and it turns your neck blue because mm-hmm. it's been dyed. Mm-hmm. Right? So you you do have to be careful and you do want to know who you're dealing with right. because People, especially online, when you can't see it and touch right. it, feel it. Right. It's but even in hard. gem shows, I know that yeah. when I go, I'm asking, "Is this dyed?" And they, you know, the one thing I have to say about the vendors at the gem shows I've been to here in San Rosa or San Rafael, which yeah. is the farthest I go, is they are very honest. Yeah. They will tell you it's dyed. Yeah. You know, and then you get a feel for it. You start looking at it, and you can, you know, it has a certain. It vib- it's like vibrant. It's like deep or vibrant. You can feel. You can look at it and start knowing it's dyed. Yeah. But it's for novice people. You really do have to yeah. really be careful. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. So once you've picked up a stone and it's sort of you talk to it and you say this is it. What do you do with it? Well, then you buy it. That's don't, a big don't shoplift. <laughs> not a, not a. <laughs> Especially from a metaphysical, magical, occult store. That's extra bad point. Extra bad. <laughs> so then you, you want to cleanse it, right? Just like clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, would you buy a, a bathing suit and take it home and immediately strip down and put it on your naked body? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't anyway. Mm-hmm. I would wash it first. Mm-hmm. So just like with uh, clothing, you want to wash it. 
uh, and that can be done in lots of ways. Uh-huh. And depending on the stone, you need to do your research because certain stones should not be washed certain ways. Right. Right. Uh, for example, one of the ways to cleanse a stone is to put it in a bowl of salt water. Uh-huh. You wouldn't want to do that with, like, hematite, for example, because it will rust. Uh-huh. So you need to know about these kind of things before you uh-huh. decide to dunk your entire stone collection. And it can be, salt can also be corrosive. Yes. Like you said, it can dissolve it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Selenite dissolves in right. salt water. Right. So there is that to be very cautious of. And I think when looking at some of these books, the original things were sick it in salt, sick it in salt water. It was just like a wholesale thing. Right. And then I'm sure... People found their their beautiful stones yeah. destroyed. Wake up in the morning and your selenite's gone. It's gone. There it is. <laughs> selenite water. That's another you know part we will talk about with regards to some things in the water. But um, yeah. so okay, so you found which one you can use, which yeah. element or which process, and right. then and, and you so you can use salt water. You can use just salt. You can put it in the window sill and let it uh, be basked in the glow of the sun. Or the glow of the moon, uh-huh. right? And you may want to use a specific moon phase or an eclipse or some other really magical celestial uh, moment uh-huh. to add a little bit of that energy into uh-huh. the stone, right? Uh-huh. Or you can smoke it, like um, smudge it, uh-huh. right? Use uh-huh. some Palo Santo or sage to, to cleanse it. We're talking about an energetic, right, spiritual cleanse of the right. stone. Right, right. Okay, now we've cleansed our stone, we've got it, and so now, again, <laughs> you need to know what you're working with, right? So a quartz crystal, you can charge it if you want. You uh-huh. can charge it so that it becomes almost like a battery uh-huh. for anything. Uh-huh. It could be a healing attractant, it could be a money attractant, it could be a love attractant, anything. Uh-huh. So if you want to use a stone charge for that purpose, then you would start working on, on that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you just start using it, and you can wear it on your body. You can put it in a little pouch and mm-hmm. it around your neck. You can put it on an altar, mm-hmm. a windowsill, mm-hmm. above your front door if you're using it as a guardian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then once it's clean, clean and ready to go, you start using it. And again, depending on its, its purpose, you mm-hmm. may want to keep it with you all the time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Kind of like a mojo bag. Hey, you know, if anyone ever, well, when you go through um, <laughs> the NSA uh, screenings, that's one of those. It's like, you know, what's my this? what's this, a little baggie around your neck with what? And what are these little bags in your purse? <laughs> you know, they really. It's it, just salt, I promise. It's just salt. It's 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 just a rock, yeah. you know. But um, and half the time that's kind of a humorous point of reference with all of us. In terms of Hawaii. Oh. Hawaii. Oh, I took <laughs> the live audience that we have suggested I tell a story about when I went to Hawaii. Um, two of my soul sisters and I were going to Hawaii. We get off the plane and we are basically, you know, we go through, they don't do customs through, but when right. you leave, no, actually, they did it when they, when we came in. They want to make sure you're not bringing on the way out. They don't. They don't like you to bring things in. But yeah. on the way out, I had my crystal ball, and it was this huge sphere. Yeah. And I had a wood bowl around one side, and I couldn't find another wood bowl that matched it. So I had this silver bowl on the other. So when it went through the X-ray, it looked uh-huh. like a bomb. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
So the woman made me open it up, and she made me say, what's it for? And I looked at her, and I go, I'm a witch. And she went, oh, okay, weirdo. Okay, <laughs> fine. You know, and, and, but it was the way she looked at it and asked me, and I, you know, and of course, in the Hawaiian tradition, yeah. there are the witches, as they are all over the place, not bad or good, depending but she really, she it looked like a bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so traveling with your stones, crystals, bowl, bowl, you know, whatever it is, right. be aware now more than ever yeah. that they are going to seriously look at things. Yeah, you got to explain that. Yeah. <laughs> so with that little digression, we have, um, now we have our stone. We've been using it. We've got it. Uh, what else can we do with it? I know you were talking about guardians, right? So you can place them in specific parts of your house uh-huh. as a as a guardian, a protector, uh-huh. a force field type energy. Uh-huh. You can literally bury them in your front and backyard as uh-huh. as guardians, uh-huh. as protectors. Um, you can again wear them. You can make um, uh, elixirs, essence, uh-huh. essence. Gem elixir essences. Ooh, that was not that was a good one. But you have to be careful. Yes, absolutely. There are some that are poisonous, and you do not put them in water and and distill anything from them. Right, right. So an elixir, a gem elixir, is when you literally put a rock in a bottle of water and you let the water absorb the the vibrational healing or what have you energy of that stone, and then you drink the water and you're uh-huh. drinking in the essence uh-huh. of that energetic right uh-huh. as Elvira mentioned and we'll give you a little laundry list of the most toxic ones exactly. to, to be wary of um, because there's also this new trend of, of the yoni stones of inserting oh, please talk about that. yeah so it's a yoni stone or a yoni egg and it is that the intention is that it helps you to build your kegel muscle your pvc pelvic floor mm-hmm. nice and, and tight mm-hmm. so you know you're not peeing your pants and when you laugh and things like that, which tends, <laughs> tends to happen to us as we get older right. or have had babies or whatever. Uh, so if you use a yoni egg, you have to hold it in there, and it's it's a exercise for your lady bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've become pretty mainstream, mm-hmm. and because rocks are pretty and because now it's become mainstream, now people are putting all kinds of things up inside of them. Mm-hmm. And again, as Elvira mentioned, Many stones are toxic, and it's not just if you it put them in your mouth, but if you put them in your vagina, they're just as toxic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Body assimilates the, the various little molecules that they let off. Right. Different things. So check before you drink or insert, insert anything. Cause, and it's also true they make um, uh, sexual toys mm-hmm. that are made from different stones as well. Mm-hmm. So, again, be be aware of what you're putting in and on your body. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, and then the other way you can use stones is, like, on a grid. You want to mm-hmm. talk about grids? Sure. Now, grids are basically different patterns that you will set stones on. And, for instance, you have the circle, you have the Vesica Pisces, mm-hmm. and um, I'm getting this actually from the book Crystal Grids by Harry M. Mason and Brittany Petrovsky, and it really is very good, uh, and it talks about selecting the grid for what you want. Of course, I don't want to go into a myriad of them, but they have, like, the ones I find I've been dealing with people 
doing triangles, and it's mm-hmm. fascinating because, you know, they talk about the triangle, and then you have the um, flower of life yeah. or the seed of life. I have a flower of life grid. Yeah, yeah. and um, the Borean rings, which are like Vesica Pisces together, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, pentagrams and spirals and hexagrams and the Star of David. The thing I found fascinating is you can have a triangle, you can have upwards or downwards. Uh, upwards is when you want to send something away or, or lift up the downward-facing triangle as you're standing, you know, looking at the table as you're, you're putting it together. It's to pull it to you. Yeah. But then you put them together, and it's the Star of David. Yeah. And then you take those two triangles and pull them apart so that their bases are touching each other, and that's a diamond. And that has another set of of meanings to place them. So you pick stones, like, for instance, I chose to work with one is money and one is love. Mm -hmm. And you pick the stones either in the colors or the vibration of what they mean to you in terms of the listing you feel comfortable using, and you place them. Yeah. In a specific way. Now, these people talk about drawing stones and grounding stones, and, you know, so they have specific patterns. I have, you know, I love it, but I'm probably Sagittarius as I am. I kind of wing it. And I I go there and I go, this is what I feel. So I put them down and see how they feel to me and work with it because I'm much more in that. And that's what gritting is in a simplistic way. Right. Right, you can get super complicated. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I have a, a flower of life grid that I keep on the the my workspace, my mm-hmm. witchy hoodoo workspace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, depending on what I'm doing, because hoodoo work that I get clients that pay me to do the work, right, it comes in waves, mm-hmm. you know? So it's yeah. like oddly everything right now is about money or everything right now is about love or everything right now is about healing. Mm-hmm. And and so I follow the pattern and then I set up my grid mm-hmm. to sort of amplify the work that is right. mostly happening on my altar because there's always a myriad of things. Yeah, there's always little <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, do you, I quickly want to just go over the most poisonous. Yes, please do. Toxic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's a list of just about a dozen. There are others that are not on this list, but these are the ones to, to really pay attention to. Um, turquoise is, is contains copper, so that is toxic. Mm-hmm. Calcite will dissolve. <laughs> Angelite contains lead. Chrysocolla is also copper. Hematite will rust. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Don't put something inside of you that's going to rust. Oh, my no. God. Can you imagine? Ugh. Uh, calcifrite, sulfur. Mm-hmm. Galena, lead. Malachite is also copper. Selenite will also dissolve. Uh, Rhodochrosite is lead. This one's great. Pyrite, under the right circumstances, can convert to sulfuric acid. Oops. Pyrite, that's fool's gold. Yeah. Fun, fun. Uh, Lazurite is sulfur. Orpiment, which I have not ever heard of, but whatever, um, is arsenic. Oh. And then certain lapis lazuli stones, some of them are have high contents of pyrite, which, as we've already heard, mm-hmm. is no good. Mm-hmm. Some, not so much, so it's probably not something to be overly worried about. But right. jade is safe for insertion, mm-hmm. and, and the traditional jade egg, it's called a jade egg. The mm-hmm. traditional yoni egg is mm-hmm. made from jade. Uh, but just just be careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just be careful. Really, because this is, again, you have 
things you're putting in your body, whether it's a liquid formatted from stones or any of that, and, you know, we are always so curious. We are such a curious breed, and we do all kinds of interesting things. So just give us um, a chance to give you warnings. Yeah. Yeah. So we can do that. And, of course, you know, the the fact that we have so many things that are um, – available to us. Now, what is our topic for next week? Next week, we are talking about the spring equinox and a little bit about the Germanic goddess Eoster. So, I guess with that... um, I want to say one more thing about stones before we say goodbye. Uh, Rocks. Rocks are my favorite way of using stones. Rocks are the rocks you wear in your bra. So this might not qualify for everyone. Not everyone wears a bra. Mm -hmm. However, if you do wear a bra and you want to work with stones, Mm -hmm. consider finding the stone you want to work with and putting it in your bra every day and Mm -hmm. seeing how that works for you. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite. It really is. I usually find it in a bag because I don't have as much as some women. And so the bra is there. The bra is there. (laughs) Kind of flopping. Anywho. So, yes, next week. The spring, and we'll have more daylight because we're setting the clocks forward. I know. Is that not frightening? Oh, my gosh. So So it'll be great. We'll be talking probably while it's light out. So enjoy. It's going to be magical. I know. And you have a wonderful time tonight. Thank you. And you have a a much improved weekend. And take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.